Imagine a conscious contact with God so strong that no matter what you are doing or not doing, that no matter what your kids are up to or not up to, and that whether you've got the person of your dreams or they're just not cooperating, that you are happy, content, and at peace. A space where everyone else's thoughts, attitudes, and actions are beautiful and exactly as they are supposed to be. Well, this is the space where I like to play. My name is Misha Z, and this is today's Bitch Slap. Join me as I shed light on the thoughts, actions, and attitudes that are causing you pain, and we train our minds to go to the capital S inner self, the joy that is waiting for us, the God within. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, let me start over. What's up, Craig? <laughs> Not much, Misha. How are you doing today? Ah, I'm good. You know, I uh, went out to do some Christmas shopping and um, the lines were rather long. I was, I ignorantly had not considered the COVID factor. Like the lines (laughs) to get into the places were really long. Yeah, last night we're out and, you know, we thought about picking up just a couple boxes of seeds candies for like, you know, neighbors and just the, you know, little for you know ones you should forget and yeah the, the line for seas candy was like around the block and everyone's six feet apart yeah right crazy so but like, hey we're we're adapting we're you know we're doing what needs yeah 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 i um yeah i don't actually mind it i've been a closet isolator it turns out so i'm really <laughs> happy with the whole thing i'll be perfectly honest with you nice <laughs> yeah I the one thing gets me breakfast. I miss breakfast, like just sitting down across from someone, just you know, yeah. a big plate of eggs and something, and just little interaction, the body language. But everything else, I mean, I I, I still work out of the garage, doing exactly what I did before. So, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I miss. What do I miss the most? I am. I did hit record, by the way, so we are recording. Okay. Um, what do I miss the most? I do, you know, the sort of that, that, that's a good point, the breakfast. I think that that would probably be same for me. I thought I'd miss yoga, but I don't. I've actually been freed of it. So I'm super happy about that. I'm like, I don't have to go anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> is that, and the other big downside too is like when you pull up to a shop or something or, you know, a restaurant to get food and then realize you forgot a mask and just... Yeah, that's a bummer, like, right? Shirt up over your face, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I finally started wearing. Um, I actually I did a, a podcast episode, uh, which is going to come out here shortly. But why cowboys wear <laughs> handkerchiefs? Uh-huh. You know, it's like they're so convenient. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, they keep your neck warm. Very, it's winter. Actually, they very keep, practical, yeah. right? They keep the dust out of your face. Um, Anyhow, I just spoiler alert, but hey, so um, <laughs> thanks for jumping on here. Uh, no did you have an opportunity to listen to any episodes or anything? No, I did not get a chance. I'm sorry. So that's a, no, no problem. I, okay. What's that? Surprise me. Yeah, well, yeah. So basically, it's the bitch slap. It's the bitch slap, the accelerated path to peace. And it's about those times where the universe, you know, just shakes you and it's like, Hey, you got to change. And it's that painful, that painful, painful spot usually, right. That's mm-hmm. the bitch slap. It's like whack. And you're like, Oh, all right. I got to see things differently. Right. And that's the, that's the theme of the podcast. So I'll generally speak and try, try and guide us back to that. And <laughs> um, okay. I think uh, just the last few I've done three interviews so far and really it's with people I know and, and that are inspiring to me. And, um, you're one of those people. And Thank you. so I, yeah, I had just been starting with a few notes. So like a bullet points that I know about you. Right. Mm-hmm. So one, I think that's super interesting about you is that your father had a long term sobriety and died sober. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. He got sober when I was 16 and stayed uh, straight line until, until he died. So how, almost, how, almost, how, almost 25 how, years. 25 years. Yeah. And then, well, I'm going to circle back around to that, okay. but that also you're a, you are a gifted artist and do, do you see yourself as a gifted artist or is it just like, I'm interested. Um, 
I see myself as very competent in what I do that, you know, I've, I've done, you know, I've found my niche, I've worked hard, you know, I, under, I have understanding of it. Um, I think with all artists, I only see the flaws in my work. I, you know, I, there, there are very few of my posters that are up around the house. I think there's, there's one in the living room and then I got a couple here in the garage and only because they're huge. I didn't have space for them anywhere else. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it's, and I mean, part of that's, you know, kind of good that, you know, I'm, I'm in a profession where I can, keep improving up until the day I die, theoretically, you know, yes. um, so I don't want to be completely, you know, happy with I am, but I, I do mess with my mind that, like, I, I fall into the, the problem of thinking, like, every design should be the best that I've ever done, instead of being like, no, I'll have, you know, good days and bad days, and, you know, as long as there's a, you know, progression, that's fine, but, so, quick answer, I see myself as a successful artist, you know, that's, I, I've made a living at it and that's, you know, a lot, a lot more than have achieved. So. Yeah. Well, and I think what's interesting about the, you know, this needs to be the best piece you've ever done. That's such a subjective, yeah. Subjective feeling, right. Or view mm -hmm. or call it what yep. you will. So you probably think, Oh, this is the, it's probably happens to you all the time. I can only imagine that stuff that you've thought this is this is the pinnacle of craig of craigness right <laughs> and people are like wait 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 exactly that happens i mean constantly you know i'll turn stuff in and people are like oh this is great and i'll start arguing with them like no it's not and trying to explain you know like the, the client says it's good stop do not stop. do not debate them yeah and vice versa too stuff that i thought like oh wow just nailed it this is hidden just and they're like oh yeah i guess it works yeah so. tell me is there tell me the if you're willing to share it, sort of the biggest project that you had that you did in the shortest amount of time, like where the scale is so out of whack, where it's like, I had to do this massive project and I banged it out in 15 minutes. For um, I think it was, uh, uh, well, the fastest I've ever done a poster is um, seven minutes from just concept to do, you know, sketch. Um, but and what was that the biggest, for? The biggest one, uh, last, last, uh, last year I got hired out by the, the chain smokers. They wanted 42 designs for um, each, each one of their stops they wanted a, a, a unique design for. And unfortunately the, the management, you know, this was, this was new to them and there wasn't really some great direction. And, you know, okay. it was supposed to, this thing for months turned into a couple of weeks. So it was, like I said, just keep pumping them out. Just bam, just whatever came to my bang. mind. Just, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, they, you know, they, they came out good, but yeah, that was, so I think I did 42 designs within just a few weeks. So, yeah. So for anybody listening, um, you go by the, uh, as far as your artwork's concerned, you go by the name Scrojo. Yeah. Yep. And stands for. <laughs> it's, it's an old nickname from high school that just, it stuck, you know? Um, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, you do, uh, mostly i think my perception is and you can uh give me clarity if this is not true but that mostly you're doing posters for bands right the the, the vast majority is what's called gig posters which are uh, posters for an individual show you know an individual concert um but i've also done you know album covers i just did the um, stray cats last um, album cover um just did the, the layout design on that one um done t-shirt designs. I got my start first before, kind of in the same time when I started doing posters for the belly up, I was also doing uh, t-shirts and skateboard designs in the surf and skate industry. So, you know, I, I, oh. I do all so graphic design. So what year design, was that? Was that? Yeah. Oh. I said, what year was, what uh, year was that? That would have been, I graduated in 85, so about 84. That 84. I so you're doing, are you doing like Tony Hawk stuff? Because that was big. I guess the, the Bones Brigade was sort of yeah, I'd, I know I've done stuff for Tony's company. I don't think I've, I've ever directly done it uh, hot on board, but I worked with Tracker. I worked with uh, Transworld Skateboarding Magazine. I, you know, worked with DGK, you know, Dirty Ghetto Kids. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's I've, amazing. Yeah, this, this, this used to be the you know, main hub of skateboarding, you know, for yeah. years. Yeah, um, so for, I, I, I'll, usually I'll talk about I have a background in recovery. You obviously have a background in recovery. Yes, I do. Uh, our, yep. Our, sorry to say that. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, um, no, I'm, I'm not shy about it. So I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. And then our, both our parents, right? And my mother as well. Um, rich, so we have rich history. Actually, um, my, my dad my dad was an addict. Uh, mom was, was not. She was a, you know, two glasses of wine had, was 
the most you could ever take. A, a normie, yes. So I, my mother moved to Berkeley, California when I was 13 years old, I believe. And mm -hmm. so I started hanging out in Berkeley some on and off when I was 13. And I would go hang out on Telegraph and the lower hate or the upper hate, excuse me. Um, but really Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley and I would see all the, all the, all the um, seven, 60s and early 70s uh, poster art, mm -hmm. right, from the bands for like Janis Joplin and, and uh, Jimi Hendrix and, you know, The Who and just all that. And then definitely some of more obscure bands, but I was fascinated by it. And, and it just gripped my attention, as I think it does a lot of people. And then I end up in in um, North County, San Diego, tail end of 2001. And I fall into the belly up early in the morning, right? I'm going there all five days a week or something like that, you know, two to five days a week, hanging out with groups of people at the belly up in the morning. And I'm looking at all the belly up posters. And I'm just like, that's, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, in, it was, in, it was, in, it was incredible to me to be surrounded by this artwork, sort of the next, you know, the progression of it. Um, and just, I was captivated by it. And I was like, this is crazy. And then of course, what fast forward to whatever, I get to meet you and you're like, oh yeah, I'm the guy who does the art. So <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. So you were, I don't know if I ever told you this before. So you were like, you were a hero to me before I knew who you were. And then I was like, what, this is the guy that's doing this stuff. So that's, so that's one of the reasons you popped into my mind to, I got to talk to Craig, get him on my well, bitch slap podcast. Okay. In interesting progression to tie all that together. Cause yeah, as, as a kid, I was a huge fan of, um, you know, the, the, the Fillmore posters and stuff. There was, yeah. there was a huge migration of the hippies from the Bay area to Lucadia when I was a kid. Um, I'm not sure exactly why that happened, but, um, you know, this, this Lucadia became definitely, you know, kind of hippie hangout. And that's where I started getting to see the stuff from Rick Griffin, who actually, you know, Rick himself used to come down here and, you know, all those guys. And that was a huge inspiration for me. And then also like the um, underground comics became huge. Then when I was 19 uh, in 86, that's when I started doing stuff. I, I fell in doing stuff for the um, belly up. You know, I couldn't even okay. legally get in the club yet. I had to hang out in the offices, but I just started designing posters. And a lot of that was, um kind of copying the you know psychedelic stuff i'd seen in the Fillmore stuff yes um, forward um you know I, we had different um promotion directors some like my stuff some didn't so i was on again off again for you know a decade and then scott mcdonald the um one um direct uh promotions director for belly up he went up to this um Fillmore in san francisco saw the wall of you know posters and stuff it's like wow we got to get back to it so he contacted me i started doing it again and then as those got more popular, the Fillmore itself contacted me. And so for about the last 15 years, I've been one of the regular rotation on oh. the film for doing Fillmore. So yeah, because the Fillmore inspired um, Scott, Scott got yeah. hold of me, which then went back and now, you know, so complete full circle. And complete full circle. my business manager, Dennis King, has also become a, a dear friend um, of the D. King Gallery. He's actually the top authority on all the, um, the Fillmore posters. So I've, I've actually got a long history now with the Fillmore. Oh, that's so, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great having that, you know, inspiration and then be the, you know, the person that to inspire others, so. Yeah, and did, I, I was funny, I was thinking of, because I, I had a whole collection of the old Fillmore posters. I'd I like now to know the name, the Fillmore posters, um, but of course they were copies, but I, I think it was my- Possibly, <laughs> possibly. I mean, Bill Graham did a, a bunch of different runs. Dennis is great on this. He can look at the poster and see like the color and say, no, this is a third run or blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Break it all, break it all down. That's super cool. What a, what a, what a great base of knowledge to have. I, I just, I know that I had a girlfriend or a wife or somewhere along the way that was like, yeah, that's <laughs> great. You like that stuff. Get it off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I have no idea what happened to it. It was like my, my favorite poster that I had for a long time was the, um, the outlaw Josie Wales poster. Did you ever see the one that were? Yeah. It, yeah. 
with uh, Clint Eastwood and his two six guns. I love that poster. But oh, that's uh, that's another cool story too. I don't know why, but as a kid, I remember friend's parent had uh, the Jimmy Cliff, the Heart of They Fall album or yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. For some reason, that album cover just I, I just was always amazed. I thought it was like the coolest thing, and so yes. you know that was one of the things that inspired me to draw. So when Jimmy Cliff came to the belly up, I, I used that as kind of the inspiration and did, you know, kind of a more modernized, you know, design on it and stuff to where Jimmy liked it so much that him and his manager rented it out to use it as the artwork for the rest of the tour. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So once again, that, you know, the inspiration came full, full circle. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. That's amazing. So did you, uh, well, I'll, I, uh, first I'll, I guess, I don't know. I have two questions I want to ask and I'm going to let you start. So first off, like how one question is the roots of your you started drawing in kindergarten or whatever or when was it clear that you sort of had uh inclination or capacity or gift let's say for what you do and then the other is like tell me with a career in that art with post pre and post recovery and then now the covid environment like has to be some bitch slaps bitch slap moments in there where the universe is like craig you're on the wrong like whack so yeah, there's two questions okay. you can choose okay. from. Um, for me all kids draw and okay. it's somewhere around third grade that some stop and some don't and i'm simply one of the ones that didn't stop um uh, I, I, I got to see that teaching art to my daughter's classes you know going up and you know the the for the most part you know technical ability to draw is just repetition and instruction you know that's okay. that's it um <laughs> it's inspiration and creativity is simple just just have stupid ideas and just run with it yeah go um, which takes yeah. a certain bit of fearlessness i gotta say and maybe as you get older and you know societal influences start bearing down on us we lose that capacity to just yeah to just free flow it right mm -hmm. yeah go on yeah, i didn't I mean to cut you off no, no problem. You know, I, I look at a lot of my older stuff and be like, what the fuck was I thinking? I'm like, but whatever it was, it got you to here. So yeah, you know, yeah. Keep going. Um, so yeah, that, God, when did I know? I mean, it was, I think when finally that I was, I was the main income winner for a household that my daughter was born, my wife went in retirement and I was able to support three people on an artist, artist salary was when like, okay, you have made it. This is, this you is know, real. So it what was, year is yeah, this? I, How old's your daughter now? She's she's 14. It was okay. so probably when she's about six years old. So, you know, a, a few years back. Um, or maybe a little before that too. Um, and, but yeah, it wasn't, I, I know my younger days, I thought like, oh, when you make it as an artist that you're going to have these gallery shows with, you know, all these European models walking around and, you know, handing you <laughs> champagne and, oh no, it's nothing like no. that. <laughs> you're in a garage for 95% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Grinding um, it out. Yeah. But too, also what you're saying, there's, uh, there's a great quote by David Bowie that old age forces us to be the person we always should have been. Um, and I'm, I'm def definitely getting that both with age and also too with, with sobriety. I mean, that was, that was the big one for me was because I, I got into sobriety basically to get the heat off. You know, I, I had an intervention. I said, yeah. do this for a while. Everyone will chill out and then I can propose a better drinking and drugging schedule and was completely convinced that was going to happen. But once, once I got sober, it was, you know, probably within the first year or two that, you know, I, I, that's when I got my slap. Kind of seeing my life in the past and just how much just craziness and ego and just out of control and how it wasn't you yeah. know sustainable yeah and how i needed to move into something else yeah. one big slap in the face is actually just before i got sober i had done a, a, a um a poster for jane's addiction just after they got back together okay and it was for the belly up in aspen and i sent it out and i remember i this is still i was completely out of my head when i designed it and I sent it to the club and the club comes back with an email saying, hey, is there, there any chance you can do something else? Which, okay, you know, that happened from time to time. Like, okay. But actually they left on, they didn't realize there was the chain emails from between Perry and Dave Navarro talking about this is the worst piece of shit we have ever seen in our lives. Oh no. And I thought I, I was completely reinventing art and that was just yes. genius. And yeah, so <laughs> that, that stuck to me just, you know, how. <laughs> How, how warped, you know, my, my vision or you know, my perception of things was at this time, just so. Yeah.
Very interesting. I um, so tell me, I the tell me the quote again from David Bowie, and how is that applying in your art? So when you okay. said that, obviously, yeah, go ahead. Okay, the the, the quote, if if I'm getting it right, was uh, old age forces us to be the person we already always should have been. Okay. Yes. And yeah, you know, get that I'm I'm more of service. I'm I'm. I always thought I was a nice person, which you know, to some degree, I was, but I was very self-centered. You know, very, and that's the big one now that, you know, just, just getting out of my selfish wants, um, you know, being of service to others, um, just being aware of others' existence and just being <laughs> considerate, you know? Right. <laughs> and yeah, and like I said, and, and not, no longer striving to be, oh, Mr., you know, this, this rock star artist is going to be backstage. And, and it, actually, I prefer not to go backstage. It's, <laughs> it's usually craziness and mayhem and just, yeah, and just go up like, hi, I designed your poster. Okay, moving on now. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I don't usually have fun there. So I enjoy just, I do my work here in the garage. Every now and then I'll go to a you know, concert, have a good time, and that's, that's about it. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. And then how, so how has the, well, I, I want to say two things or one thing for sure. Anybody listening, if you can get to the belt, I don't even know if they're open, actually the belly up or the one in Aspen, the one in Encinitas and the one in Aspen. If Solana you, Beach. what's that? Solana Beach, not Encinitas. Solana Beach. Yes. Sorry. Solana Beach and um, Aspen. If anybody ever has a chance to go into those clubs, taverns and see the art you it's if you like art it's got to be on the top of your list i would say <laughs> i say that humbly to you right like you no know, i even even if it wasn't me you know if, if i knew of some place too i would be interested in going in just to see it on the walls um i'm hoping that well solana beach is going through a um a remodel right now um yeah. and I'm, I'm hoping that we switch out because yeah a lot <laughs> most of the posters that are up in solana beach as of covid we're mostly of stuff in my disease. So there's, there's a lot of yeah. ones that I did there that I'm just like, oh man, those, it's, it's painful to look at. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's one in particular that I did. It was for Humphreys McGee. It's a whale. And I remember I was sitting here at my desk and I was so drunk and out of my mind that I kept slipping and hitting my head against the desk. Really? And I'm like, I could not even sit in an office chair and yet I still was able to design a poster and get it off. Wow. The cool one of that since then, Humphreys McGee, the band, have hired me out directly. I work with them once a year. They hired me out to do a, a limited edition screen print. I've done some great work for them. So I have I've made amends on that front for yeah. For yeah, really nice poster. Yeah. Do you get do you get people, do you ever get uh like any old bands or anybody that you've had the opportunity to work with where they straight up are like, Craig, thank God <laughs> you're different, or <laughs> is it usually more benign than that? I, it's it's usually working with the band's management that I get uh, that you know I'm, I'm especially now that I'm you know I'm sober and clean that yeah I'm, I'm a big proponent that I, it's you know better to get a good design in on time than a great design late so you see, you know make deadlines and that's the one that you know usually both the bands or the management are just really that I'm I keep a very blue collar working um, you know working class attitude towards the arts yeah and that's that's really appreciated in the business oh cool yeah i bet it is i bet it is especially when you have a lot of flakiness maybe collaterally it's probably really nice for people to be like there's something we can count on and on that note too and from my side of it when i'm dealing with it it's it's usually the management because i insist that i only work with one person so i in the beginning i used to work with all the bands you know each band and they would literally come with contradicting ideas (laughs) And yes. explaining how they're the leader of the band, how I need to follow what they're saying. And yeah, it was just nuts. So yeah. Now it's yeah, like, cool. it. I don't care if it's a lead singer, if it was a drummer or it's a manager, just one. You, you guys pick one person that I deal with and that's that's it. Yeah. Any favorite story that comes to the top of your head of your, of your life designing uh, designing uh, posters for, for rock bands? I mean, I, how fun that you could just say James Addiction, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> Perry Farrell and Dave Navarro. I mean, that's kind of cool. But yeah. Go ahead. I mean, it, it's it's on paper it sounds a lot more exciting than it is um usually no, the case I mean, yeah i mean always a favorite go back to that you know i i was out so staining my deck um you know one summer you know just just covered it in stain and gunk and i get a call from the, the belly up and they want me to co- um, come down to talk to this um charity that's you know doing a benefit at the club and they want me to design a poster and i've, I've done hundreds of them and like you know we got a standardized deal you know like and they're like, no, they really want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh man, and just kind of wasn't the mood. And so I drove down there and I get down there and like 
all of upper management's there, the owners are there, and I'm just just completely out of character for the club. And we're talking to this 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 charity, and they're saying they're gonna have this band play, but they're not telling me who the band is. And I'm just like, okay, and, okay, what, you know. And they, they give me a bunch of stuff, and you know, it's like, oh, it's this, you know, it's this old Rolling Stones rock and roll circus stuff. I'm like, yeah, I can do stuff in this style. It's not hard. And we're talking and stuff, and then I'm like, well, is anyone tell me who the band is, or am I gonna have to guess? And I, I'm getting you know pretty frustrated at this point. <laughs> and they're like, well, we gave it to you. And they're like, no, you give me a bunch of Rolling Stones stuff. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> What? But the, the, the nice part about that one, literally, if, if they would have called up first and said, hey, we want you to design a Rolling Stones poster, I would have absolutely choked because I, yes. I would have tried to be the end all be all. And by the time we got through this like frustrating meeting, I already had it 85 percent design. So just like, OK, you, you've got it. Just just fill in the blanks. Yeah, that's amazing. That's yeah. I just got the chills. Literally, that was crazy. What what year was this? When was this? Uh, 2015. 2015. That's yeah. Amazing. And I, I was able to go to the show. It was that, you know. Rolling Stones did a full set for 400, about 400 people in, in the belly up. Um, <laughs> they were flanked by two um, large, you know, versions of my artwork, you know, these yeah. big, you know, nine foot banners. What? Um, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was very surreal. Um, nice. The biggest one. band in the world, perhaps. Let's that, just yeah, say one, it. one of my all time favorites. Um, yeah. How good are the Rolling Stones? I mean, come on. One, one more cool story I can share about the whole poster thing. Like say when it was, um, 86 when I started with Belly Up. Okay. And the original owner, Dave Hodges, just an amazingly great guy. And actually that's that's the one thing that taught me the most that Dave, Dave allowed me to try these like really wild ideas that would fail, but that's that's how I learned, you know, um, how to do. Yeah. The other one too was my either first or second Christmas working for the club. And Dave gave me the um, the Art of Art of Rock, which was this huge coffee table book that had posters going from the 50s all the way up until the 80s. Um, yep. co-authored by De Dennis King, you know, long before I met him. Um, but that book became, became my learning instruction, my, my Bible on like how to design a poster, you know, going, mm. going through. And, you know, that, that book and Dave's, you know, letting me, you know, experiment, it had the most to do train me how to design a poster. Yeah. Cool. Fast forward a couple decades, Dennis is making the sequel to the Art of Modern Rock or Art of Rock called the Art of Modern Rock. That's when we meet. And actually I become, the book is packed with my posters for the belly up. I actually did the cover for the, um, for the book. And I actually got to give Dave Hodges, the original owner of the belly up, the sequel to the book that he gave me that taught me how to design a poster. What? How yeah, cool so is that, that? That was a cool feeling that, yeah. Yeah, so, nice. Lots yeah. of full circle stuff. That is amazing. Exactly. Exactly. That, is, that is beautiful. I'd like to, that how, Dave Hodges, poignant moment for you. Try wild ideas and be willing to fail. Yeah. And yep. how poignant is that for me still today? Like, be willing to fail. Be willing to try things and fail. It's just I'll, so. I'll even share this one. It was it was the first band because you know I, I used to hang out in the offices and um, you know it was, it was great learning the whole music business way. But I remember they were debating about getting this band Negative Land that was this very avant garde underground band from the um, from the Bay Area. And I loved him at the time. So it was the first first band I recommend they get. And there was some some mix-ups with you know the promotion of the date, the dates got wrong, blah, blah. So it ended up, it literally ended up me the morning of calling all my friends and getting about 30 of my friends to show up to, to see, and that was it. And I remember sitting there for this band with just 30 of my friends, and, and Dave Hodges comes in and he's sipping his glass of wine out. And I, I went to apologize to him, like, you know, fuck, you know, it was crazy, yeah. we messed up. I'm sorry about it. And he just looked at me and he's like, I would rather book an interesting show and lose money than make money on a bad show. Oh, and that was, yeah. So how sweet is that? That was again, that just, you know, and that's, that's why the belly has been in business in 74 that, you know, to mm. reach out, to try different, to do not be afraid to fail. And yes, mm. there's definitely been some shows that have failed hard there. Mm. I love that. I would rather lose money on a interesting show than make show money on a bad show and make money on a bad show. That is amazing. I, I, two nuggets for me that just with what I'm doing myself personally, creating this podcast, trying to take some leaps and some risks and things so good, especially the do, do an interesting, do something interesting and who cares who listens versus doing yeah. something boring, whatever yeah. that means and have a large audience. Right. Yeah. So good. Um, your your father what was his opinion of y what you did uh 
art wise? Was he supportive the whole time or was he like get a real job or what? I I know he wanted me to follow him and be an electrical contractor and, you okay. know, and set yeah and set that up. I know he tried to understand what I did. <laughs> and yeah, I, and maybe I wasn't the best at explaining it at all times. Um, I had the tendency whenever we talked, you know, I'd be like talking about like contractor business and somehow we're late, but yeah, yeah. Trying to find that commonality. In his, his own way, he, he, he was as, as supportive as, as, as he could be. You know, cool. He didn't, didn't understand it. Didn't, you know, get the, the whole, but you know, he helped me with contracts sometimes in, you know, um, so yes, it, in his way, he was supportive. He, he, he just didn't know what, the, but it, I was. As only alcoholic of, dads can be or whatever, <laughs> drug, sober exactly. drug addict dads can be. They're trying not to be selfish as hard as they can, yes. but somehow. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yes, he would have had his way. Yes, I would be an electrical contractor right now, but I'm not any, you know, work, so. <laughs> so. Tell me something. Did he ever get to see you have a bit of success with it or? Yeah, there was, there was some. Yeah. Um, I wish he could have been there when I did, I did a, um, a group show at the Oceanside Museum of Art. And I actually did the, um, the poster advertising to it and they, they blew the poster up to like two stories tall. Oh, wow. And um, that, cause I know he could have wrapped his head around like this, this is a museum. This is yeah. you know, something that, that would, that would have clicked for him. So yeah, but something still, a little you know, more grounded. I got, I, got, I got no doubts that the man, the man loved me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old Scott's been drunk for most of it, but when he was sober, you know, it was good, so. Yes. So tell me um, what, what, and this is, I think it was so, my father sobered up when I was probably, I think I was f turned 14 and he, literally like the, the torch of mayhem was handed to me. He was like, <laughs> here you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you run with it for a while. And um, I remember just, you know, such a poignant thing about my father. So he had 30 some years when he passed away sober and, you know, died of a heart attack hiking in the mountains uh, where he lived and loved in, back in Wyoming. And, um, and I always had sort of a judgment about how he did his program, shall mm -hmm. we say, right? Um, and it was interesting when I was, you know, in my abusive state or, or, you know, really entering it, my father would have people, he would be doing 12 step calls. <laughs> Just so pe random people would be coming in the house and he'd feed them and sober them up and let them sleep on the top bunk of the bed or whatever. But uh, I have really two very poignant moments about my father and, and, and his sobriety. And, and one was I always had an air of judgment about how he, how he, you know, was sober or whatever, shall we say, from a distance, right? Because we lived in different states. Um, when he passed away, uh, I went went back home to his hometown. I went to the meetings that he went to and the outpouring of love from the sober community towards him was so, it was so incredible. And just story after story of how he was of service, what he did, what what you know who he, he had become in his recovery and then also they would just tell me story after story about how he talked about me and so although I kind of feel I think a little bit like you perhaps where I was like oh he wasn't very good at this at expressing his <laughs> his love right but then all of a sudden in this massive way it was shown to me so that was kind of a a crazy moment. And then my brother, who has been sort of, he's, he's a normie, so on the outskirts of recovery, just mm -hmm. by via me and, you know, our father, mm -hmm. like he got to experience that. And so it was very profound moment for me to see him, you know, all of a sudden he went into some meetings and met people that were in recovery or call it what you will. And, and really like to see the profound effect it had on my brother. So just two really cool poignant moments for me, but why don't you riff off of that for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a couple of things in that. And, you know, I just want to preface too, just let him know that, no, I love my dad, you know, just like I said, you know, he was, you know, was the addict alcoholic, you know, he, he got clean when I was 16, 16, but by that time, 
I was already, you know, basically, you know, on my own. I, I still lived at the house, but I had an exterior door, so I got to come and go as I pleased and um, everything like that. Yeah, um, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, and also too, like you know, my dad was old country Scotsman. That you know, I was he literally to... Scottish? Yeah, yeah, he was fresh, fresh off the boat, still had a thick. Uh... Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, I don't have an accent. No, you you don't. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, but uh, one thing too, like he. He jumped in both feet into program, was very active in program, sponsored a lot of guys, but almost, as you're saying, it almost became uh, a bit of a fault that he didn't have a great relationship with my mom afterwards. They were very, very up and down. Uh, and so, which just me now emphasizes that I need to keep my balance. There is, yes. you, know, you know, yes, every morning, what do I need to do for my sobriety that's first, but not the only thing, you know, what do I need to do to be a good husband? What do I need to be a good father? Um, yes, being sober is number one on both those lists too. Yes. But, you know, there's others and- Yes. Um, been nice me and my wife, because yeah, I know that my parents legally separated one time. They never moved apart, but I, I don't know if they divorced or not. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I'm from a broken home. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe not. Could've maybe, been. maybe not. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> so. But that's, that's one thing too that I can learn from him. But yeah, the other one too, that's, it is a little bittersweet that, you know, once again, my dad being Scottish, very old country and stuff, I think twice he said he loved me. Um, you know, I, I never doubted it. But then I know to guys in the program, he's, he said he loved them at every single meeting. Yes. You know, that was his, one of his big, besides done fucking drink, is um, <laughs> I love you and there's not anything you can do about it. So, um, you know, so it's, yeah. it's a little weird that I'll, all these guys got, you know, the great dad that, you know, I kind of wish I would have had, but yes, yes. You know, it wasn't meant to be and yeah, had my opportunities. The other strange one on that too, I remember, I think I was 12 years old and I was at my dad's office going through his desk and looking for a pencil or something and pulled up in a drawer and there was like, you know, half a fifth of whiskey in there yeah. and just, you know, losing all respect. Like, man, the guy can't even wait till he gets to the, you know, the shanty, the bar, you yeah, know, yeah. Just, oh. Fast forward a couple of decades, you know, I've got a fifth of rum in my desk, and but I'm I'm convincing myself, no, it's not the same thing. That, yeah, yeah, it's different somehow. <laughs> exactly, whiskey is yeah. for alcoholics, rum yeah. is for happy pirates. Um, yeah. and that's yeah, that's how I convinced myself that it, I was completely different from my dad in that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am gonna pivot here, and uh, I. I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I love how you, when I was dating a girl back in the day, this must've been six, seven years ago by now, something like that. But you're like, Hey, the wife and I, what's your wife's name again? Jen. Jen. You're like, Hey, Jen and I go to this couple's meeting and, and it's been very fruitful for us. And, uh, my relationship didn't last long enough where I got to experience that <laughs> with her. But I love that about you and Jen. And I did have the opportunity to go to a couple meetings there, but that couple's meeting, but it seems like, I know that, a, I mean, at least up until a couple of years ago, you were for sure very active yep. still in that. And so tell me about that. Like still are. I mean, it basically goes back to, like I said, once again, love my parents, but they weren't raised with, you know, the great tools of how to be a parent, you know, yeah. my, my, my dad grew up in the depression in Scotland, you know, so I, yeah. everything was, it was, it was pretty much survival more than any kind of emotional growth or anything like that. Yes. Um, Grow <laughs> fucking mom, potatoes. Love my mom to death, but she, um, you know, she, she could be, <laughs> she, when she lost it, she would completely lose it being chucking plates, screaming, you know, I, <laughs> everyone always thought she, which she was I and mean, part of it she looked like mary poppins she sounded like mary poppins she was you know from liverpool um oh but yeah it was so as much as i love my parents they didn't give me tools to be a great you know husband or you know a, you know father so this is sure and my wife agrees on the same thing with with her parents that you know she loves them but they weren't healthy either so we need to go and find healthy we need to learn healthy it just it yes. doesn't come naturally it just and so and once again, kind of like with the, the same way with, if I go to a morning meeting of AA, I am less likely to shoot myself in the foot during the day. I'm less likely to do, get irritated or you know do something that's gonna mess up my day. With this weekly couples meeting for us, we found if we just go regularly, we get along better. Everything, we mm. don't have the fights that, you know, and, and we know the two of us, the fights can break out of our little things. 
and now you know if, if we if we keep doing it every week that just those fights just don't happen and things just go so much better it's so beautiful and what i, I love agree. about go ahead i said i agree so yeah yeah it's yeah it's beautiful and i think i think too like sometimes i the things i do that can provide me so much peace and and like connection or just you know, peace, serenity, love in the moment, and how sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I don't think I'll do that today, <laughs> right? <laughs> or like, yeah. so what, what a gift that you are consistent still to this day, and I love that so much about you and admire that about you, truly. I just think that's the, when I think about you, I just think, man, that is beautiful and commitment to your family and your daughter and just Okay, well, there's, there's a gift I got from program. Um, and, and I now seek out people to hold me accountable to do things, you know, yeah. back, back in my youth, and definitely my disease, anytime anything like, you know, consequence for my action was always someone else's fault. No, I didn't do it, you know, just avoiding any kind of accountability whatsoever. Now they found if, because, you know, like I said, with a couple speeding, yeah, there's weeks that I don't want to go and Jen's like, gotta go. And I know there's weeks that she doesn't want to go. And so, you know, we keep holding each other accountable. If, if it was up to one of us, we'd probably stop going, but it's not. We got to, you know. Yeah. Going. So, um, go yeah. ahead. No, go, uh, go. You know, just getting to meetings too. I mean, I, you know, I've got a group of guys who hold me accountable to get to meetings that I've asked them, you know, to do it. Because I, I know all it's going to take is like skipping a couple of meetings, then a couple will become a week. And then before you know it, yeah. Yeah, blow, everything blows up. Yeah. Um, so how long have you, have you been going to that couple's meeting? Uh, about seven years. Tell me the biggest sort of bitch slap moments where you're like, oh my God, I've been looking at things wrong. <laughs> one, one thing was to find out that my wife is shy. Oh. I mean, yeah. At this point, we've been together for decades, you know, married for, you know, I don't know how long of that, but, you know, years upon years. And I'm like, you know, we used to go out to all these parties and then and then she's like, no, we went to parties and you would run around talking to everybody. Yeah. yeah. I like your and so yeah that I mean that's a pretty major thing not to know yes <laughs> right to yes. be that oblivious like yeah. but that's 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 where my selfish head was that not even you know knowing something yeah. like that so yeah that was that was a huge one and also too then I got it kind of taking into the couples program you've seen me in 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 um in regular meetings I am not shy about sharing specifics, you know, yes. where my desire, which, which I love. And usually they're pretty hilarious too. I am um, now being on the other side of it. I know my wife is not that comfortable with going into that. So I need to, you know, Temper. we're sharing to, exactly, you know, share, yeah, share yeah, yeah. concept then. Yeah. That's so. beautiful. So tell me like before and after. So before you're like, holy crap, or you're like, well, you have the awareness, Jen's shy. What? So from there like what would you'd still go to a party but then you would be more tell me like what what was yeah, i mean the, it's so, just that so. that thing too just making sure that you know well i i think that was the big one too that when we go you know always say you know if if i went off just check with her first you know or you yeah, know, yeah. something but just 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 be aware be can there we go considerate yeah. just work on being considerate gosh how easy is it craig i mean when we break it down like that like be considerate sometimes well, that, it's that like we good. need a bitch slap <laughs> go ahead the other the, the two biggest fights we've had in a relationship one was over a cafe mocha one was over a disposable lighter and yeah it had nothing to do with the, but it was because you know we're there and like i gave someone a mocha like oh they wanted it so i gave it to them and i'm thinking that i'm being you know like hospitable to, you know to these people and for her it's like you didn't even check with me you just mm. grabbed my drink and gave it to someone else and you were yeah. not and same with the lighter that you know i just taught you just grabbed it away from her and tossed it to someone without asking her had nothing to do with the lighter it was because i was completely inconsiderate, inconsiderate. you know without checking first so yeah so that's that's the way and i can slip i can <laughs> yeah i was too um but yeah i mean that's that's the big one of just working me working on being considerate that's beautiful i love that thank you for sharing that that is amazing um how about with your daughter so you have a 14 year old teenage daughter and i believe yes she's creative we'd call her a creative type perhaps yes yeah. yeah yeah so tell me about what's what's happening there i mean any any good like bitch slap daughter moments where you're like schwack like oops sorry daughter i'm gonna uh, <laughs> shut up on that one uh, she does she is very reluctant to input from me uh, and if, and i got it i i 
I want to like, okay, I can bypass you, like, you know, all the problems I had with both art and, you know, and living and just, you know, here, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, and then I went and got her the books that, you know, that had helped me and said, she wasn't interested in reading them and she just wants, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. we got to not take that personally, right? So yeah. it's like, ah, how do we? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and yeah, it's just like, okay, okay that's, that's fine. But no, if, when you really want it, no, I'll, I'll teach you now. No, she's, she's got to have her own journey. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, it gets a little frustrating when I hear someone else give her advice, she'll take it. I'm like, I already said that. But no, <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. And, and it's, it's, I mean, it's part of just growing up that, you know, the first, as, you know, we teach our kids to question authority, but we are the first authority. And yes. That, you know, that's, that's it. And oh my God. Yeah, go. Sorry. Yeah, she's already, you know, we've, we've discussed, you know, that I'm an addict. Um, she's right now, you know, fine. We'll, we'll see where that goes. But, um, yeah, she she gets amazingly good grades. She's you know, yeah. she's a kid. She's 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 got her ups and downs on things, but um, of yeah, right right now she's 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 doing you know she's she's well rounded at, at at the moment. So I need yeah. to just back off and just be content with that and love it. Let her have yeah her her experience and see where it goes. Right, and how challenging can that be? I think as a guy or a man or maybe it's just a parent where it's like. I know what's better for you. I, whenever I get that attitude with my kids, man, trouble's coming. Cause it's yep. like, especially as they get older and they start, I mean, your daughter's genetically designed to start pushing back right into mm -hmm. hormones and all this stuff. Yep. So, so it's like one, we're fighting the design of things. <laughs> right. Yep. And, and then two, like how I see so much of it's, it's, from my own selfish wants and desires, right? So for you, perhaps I can imagine you're like, hey, I have this awesome knowledge base. I can save you this pain. You can be successful like me, which hopefully makes mm -hmm. you look good, right? And, and so we're, we're like, it's feeding our egos perhaps in a, in a, in a twisted way. And that's like the self-righteous agenda, right? Like I, I want you to be happy. It's like, no, I want you to be happy so it makes me look good. That's, that's what I find that I do. Well, one kind of interesting one on that, um, there's an artist, Jim Phillips. Most people are going to know him for the, the screaming hand for Santa Cruz skateboards. Yes. All the art, you know, almost all the artwork for, you know, Santa Cruz skateboards. Um, amazing, amazing illustrator. I've um, gotten to meet him a few times. We've done a couple of shows together. Um, super nice guy, too. What's his name uh, again? Jim Phillips. Okay, Jim Phillips. Okay. His son, Jimbo, is actually also a really talented artist, really good, but Jimbo's style is almost identical to his dad's. Okay. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's kind of a weird feeling that, you know, like your, your dad's, you know, famous in illustration circles, you know, for the other hand, you know, it's, it's sold millions and blah, blah, blah. And just, you've, you've got this <laughs> great ability too, but it's, it seems like you would just kind of, you know, keep falling underneath your dad's shadow. Where, and that's most thing about Piper. Like if, if I did that, she would just then be, be a little, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, would, would I want that? Would I want yeah. you know, somebody just doing the same style as me? And once again, that's, you know, not a slam on Jimbo whatsoever. The guy no, is no, no, no. talented and, you know, do it. But yeah, I, I've, I've been surprised to see some of his work and thinking it was his dad's and it turns out to be his. That You know, so. you know what I love about that is how where I realize that oftentimes I actually don't know what I want. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, or I don't know what's best for me or say it however you want. It's like, oh, I want my daughter to, to, she's almost in a no win situation. Right. Yeah. So she's like, on one hand, you're like, take my instruction, let me help you. And then she's going to be like you. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I actually don't <laughs> want that. Right. But then on the other hand, right. It's like, it's like, no, no, I don't want her to be doing her own thing either. It's like, oh, we're, 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 it's interesting. Right. It's an interesting dynamic. We, we had a good one a few weeks back that she was supposed to do um, a little stop motion animation. And I want to work on it because I've always loved stop motion. We've been a geek about it. And she, yeah. you know, starts getting this, in my opinion, it was a kind of convoluted idea, like way too much. Like, no, 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 we got to simplify it, bring it back down. And we start arguing. And finally, we just got like, okay, I'll go off to the office. I will design the title cards for this. Yes. <laughs> we do everything else. Then we'll combine. Okay, so <laughs> very, very set parameters. What everyone's working on. <laughs> Love it. How did yeah. it come out? Great. It, it looked awesome. I'll send it to you sometime. So yeah, nice. I thought TikTok. You know TikTok, the app. Yeah. Have you heard mm -hmm. of it? They have a, a cool little stop motion feature, so you can actually create. Uh, stop motion within. They've got that functionality built into the app. So. Huh. Nice. Super cool. Yeah. If you 
ever wanted to play with it, I check may, it out. Just, um, what's that? I may just do that. Yeah. TikTok's been amazing just to see for me. It, it, it's uh, I've really engaged social media on TikTok and it, you know, the algorithm, it's whatever you want to see. If you want to see political mayhem and arguments or boobs or whatever, it will feed you that. But I, I actually can use it as a gauge of my state of mind. Right? Okay. Like, what's the TikTok feeding me? <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, it just, it's so creative to see what the stuff that I get fed is so creative and super insightful. And it's really been impactful to me and give me hope in a weird way that I'm like, oh, like, there's definitely cool stuff that can be associated with social media, creativity, with content, with positive messages. And, and the other thing that's been very, very inspiring for me is there's this whole young group of people on there creating that are so insightful, that are so positive, that are just so, it's been amazing. So like, I don't know, you know, like 25 to 40 year olds that are doing really, really cool, powerful stuff with cool message. So I, I find it super fun. Anyway, that's my TikTok pitch. I should get, okay, <laughs> I, nice. should, I should get a, a commission or whatever you call it. <laughs> um, I um, love how you talk about your neighbor and um, your neighbor seems to be your, uh, Sorry if your neighbor's listening. <laughs> seems to be uh, an, an awesome source of uh, bitch slap moments and inspiration and peace for you. Like on any given day, uh, if I get the opportunity to hear a story from you, it could be you know battling over a bush or a or a fence mm -hmm. or what's what's happening there. Talk to me. I'm the nice one on one neighbor. Yeah, the ugly fence is up. The battle line is drawn. It's but. That actually became because we, we ended up losing um, about three feet of property, um, yeah. you know, running the whole length. Um, you know, we lost we lost the tree that had the treehouse that be, became mm. the catalyst for all this. You know, but because we lost that, we ended up um, our house was um, it was in an old retirement community that you know they lift the age restriction, but we bought it from the original owner. So originally, yeah. just had just this gravel front yard. We ended up pulling it out, and it was nice doing bartering with guys in program. Um, you know, I did a t-shirt design and trade for the, the footings put in. I did a banner design and trading for the, um, the framing. We built this amazing redwood deck out in front. And in fact, we just put up a pergola with lights on it. And so from going from, you know, this, this, this downside of having this massive um, fight with an, you know, property dispute with a neighbor that, you yeah. know, had lawyers involved and was just ugly and was that, that had happened in my first, the first year is within the first two years of my sobriety was like one of the hardest things I had to go through in my life that because I, yeah. I had no tools to dealing with people like that sober you know my my yeah. goal was to get drunk and retaliate <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't do that any, but so yeah so we made it through this this one yes we have this ugly vinyl fence between us but at least it's it's clear who's you know side and yeah. now we got a positive this huge you know fence in our front yard that we can have people over and it's it's got furniture and yeah. it's absolutely amazing so that's, yeah, that's the positive of that one that yes, there was a negative that happened. We got through it. And, you know, there, there was a positive that came out of it. But at least yes. I, the big one was for that we just we worked through the negative and then could move on to the next thing. I, that's what I was going to say my 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 perception of, of that process for you was that you were it was an opportunity to to apply the tools real time on a yeah. life situation that perhaps you know, we think like, oh yeah, if our kids get sick or a divorce or something like that, but weird things can happen where, yeah. you know, property lines all of a sudden become a battleground. That's like, wait, what? And I'm invested in this or not or whatever. And I think it was very always, it's always fun for me because I love how you share your vulnerability about those situations, but constantly from the framework of, I need to look at it differently. I need to look at it differently. I need to look at it differently. Find the positive. Like, what's my part? I need to not, mm -hmm. this is affecting me too much, right? And so I learned from you a lot. That, so that was the point of bringing up those stories was just how it, my perception of it is that you do that. Like the tools that are offered to you, Yeah. you know, you're like, hey, 
A, I love that you'll talk about it on a raw level and that B, like I get to see it in action and that, yeah, hey, it actually turned into a beautiful thing. So, yep. yeah. Um, and then uh, another interesting fact that I thought I was going to bring up at the beginning, but, but uh, there's a lot of God talk on my podcast or spiritual stuff or mm -hmm. call it what you will, you know, the divine that it, whoever you talk to on any given day. But um, in my intro, I say, hey, yeah, I look forward to getting you know, the perspective of a, an atheist or an agnostic, because, because that's real. People can have powerful lives. People can be um, connected, or I, I don't know what the right, what I'm trying to say is thoughtful, amazing, um, you know, trying to be a better father, be a better, be a better husband, all these things, which you are. Well, and I, so, I I can, I can share this about it that um, I shared about this this morning that uh, when I was in rehab, I was in this rock bottom rehab, you know, work with state corrections out in Desert Hot Springs. Um, and we had a guy come uh, to do a little H&I work with us um, one day and he was talking about the third step in God. And, you know, I still am an atheist. I was an atheist then, but it was a little bit more um, confrontational about it. Okay. And so um, afterwards I beelined up to him with the question, can God make a sandwich so big that God can't eat it? And basically either answer yes or no disproves the existence of an omnipotent being. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a smart ass. I'm proud of myself. And I throw out the question to him and it's a great old timer. Just, you know, pause, just didn't look mad at me and just looks at me. He's like, are you God? And I said, no, he's like, start there. Yeah. And it was actually just really profound to me that just that simple that, and that got me in the thing that by definition, I cannot be my own higher power. Yes. You know, it doesn't mean that my higher power has to have supernatural abilities. It doesn't mean my higher power has to be omnipotent, but just yes. by definition, I cannot be my own higher power. So Craig cannot be Craig's God. And yes. that, that's, that simple one has, it made me willing to look into um, different concepts or to be open for things. And now, like I said, a big one is finding people to hold me accountable. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, that's getting in. Um, and so now for me, I define spirituality as answers outside of myself. Mm. So, you know, you, so usually when for me, prayer is going to talking to people, especially if I have a problem, seek out someone who's been through the same thing or has education in it and, and be receptive to their input. Mm. Cause that was another big one too. In my disease and early in my life, I didn't like asking for help. Cause I thought if I did, then you're going to think I was incompetent or yep. then I was going to have to be obligated to you to do something. I didn't like that. And so I would never ask for help. And now oh, any problem comes up, gonna find someone so i love it that's a beautiful way to say it i i that's beautiful thank you for sharing that so no still uh an atheist at heart but yeah. maybe a reformed confrontational atheist shall we exactly say. i'm definitely more respectful hey you know you know whatever whatever your faith is then if that's what's working for you great keep yeah. keep holding on to it and yeah, yeah I, I do not and usually you know at a group level i will not I will not describe what my higher power is, but, you know, cause I, I don't like when people, you know, give specific names to theirs at a group level, but yeah, over, over coffee, I'm happy to sit down and go into any detail you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, that's a beautiful place to end. I think you're, nice. yeah, I think you're obviously an amazing artist, a beautiful man, just so dedicated to your, your, your wife, your daughter to just being a good neighbor, even when, even when circumstances get, you know, out. Nice one now. The neighbors on the other side, we absolutely adore. We get along great with. We have this amazing relationship with. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. I love it. Well, I think we're good. And uh, I appreciate the time, Craig. And, and uh, if people want to buy your art, Craig, yes. where can they go? Very easy. Scrojo.com. It's actually the, the gallery up in Berkeley, the Deakin Gallery that handles distribution. But, yeah, we, we have over 3,000 posters available at scrojo.com, all of my stuff. Perfect. Spell that out for the audience. S-C-R-O-J-O.com. Beautiful. Craig, I love you. Thank you for your time today. Cool. I am going to officially hit stop on the recording and we'll call it good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with me today. As someone who is committed to growth and service to this world, I so appreciate your willingness to come with me, go within, and serve our world through change. 
If you found value in this podcast and you know someone who can use this message, share this episode with them. Share it so our mission can be achieved one episode at a time. And of course, subscribe so you can hear more. And lastly, for more resources on what has helped me on my journey and can help you on yours, go to belove.media forward slash resources. That's B-E-L-O-V-E dot media forward slash resources. Thank you again for listening.